Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In today's episode, we discuss treasury certifications with Chris Vandale from Kugavadi. Chris is a seasoned treasury professional with over 25 years of experience. He worked his way up from a treasury analyst to group treasurer in various countries before founding his consultancy and training firm, Kugavadi. Previously, he was the global lead trainer for the Certificate in International Cash Management, CERT ICM, of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. Kugavadi, founded by Chris in 2014, specializes in consultancy and training services for corporate treasury and transaction banking. With offices in Dubai and Charlotte, USA, Kugavadi serves clients from both locations. In the episode of today, expect to learn. What is a treasury certification to begin with? What skills or knowledge does someone gain from earning a treasury certification? What kind of commitments, time, study, examinations, does each certification require? What are the main treasury certifications available worldwide? What is the typical cost associated with earnings and keeping them? Are there alternatives to treasury certifications? And like always, much, much more. Chris is so fun to talk to. And as a former trainer of a renowned treasury certification himself, he is very knowledgeable about the topic. We really hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you think about how you discovered our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The only way we can get more and more amazing guests like Chris and get more people to learn about treasury is thanks to you. So if you enjoy what you hear and maybe learn a thing or two, please consider following the show, leaving us a review or sharing this episode to help others discover it too. With all that being said, please welcome Chris Van Dale. Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. We are here today to talk about treasury certifications, but maybe before diving into the nitty gritty, can we start by giving an overview? So can you explain me what is a treasury certification to begin with? Thanks, Guillaume. It's a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me on the podcast. What is a treasury certification? A certification really has two aims, I would say is uh, first of all for a treasury professional to get a better understanding to learn uh, about uh, treasury concepts that he might not know about or that might be valuable for his career and the second one which is probably just as much is to show to others that you have a certain knowledge and capability within corporate treasury mm. and so why why would it be important to achieving those two objectives, having knowledge and most importantly, showing it because one can go without the other, I guess, not the second one, but why would it be important to have a treasury certification? Uh -huh. Apart from the certification part, which is probably a very nice piece for your CV, everybody's very keen about professional development, continuous learning, continuous professional growth. And um, the benefit of a treasury certification is, is really when you are working in corporate treasury and you're working in a company uh, or a bank, because a lot of transaction bankers have professional mm. treasury certifications as well, you would know a lot about how you how your company operates, but what is out there. Yeah, and as there, you can go to a lot of conferences and hear a lot of companies speak, but to actually study and see what is the uh, fundamental uh, aspect, academic aspects of corporate treasury to add to to your knowledge is it's very wise. And especially since in most universities, corporate treasury is not a subject that is taught. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that have a degree in business, a degree in finance, a degree in accounting. There might be a chartered accountant already, but very uh, a lot of treasury concepts are actually not covered there. So this is almost an addition to what university is not teaching you. That is very, very true. Interestingly, you mentioned uh, about transaction bankers having treasury certifications. You would suspect bankers to have banking certifications and treasurers mm -hmm. to have treasury certifications. 
why would the banker look into treasury certification exactly? Mm -hmm. uh, this is especially because when we talk about the transaction bankers, those that work on cash management, trade finance, they want to understand and they want to know how their customers is thinking. And, and therefore, it's very important for them to know the latest concepts uh, of a treasurer within treasury. How does a treasury think? How's a corporate set up? And those that work in transaction banking, most of them have only worked in transaction banking. They know how a bank works. But they don't always know how a corporate works. If you can take an example, a certificate in international cash management was actually started by the support of uh, three large banks in London. Yeah. Together with the ACT, because they wanted to have a program to train their transaction bankers on what does a treasurer actually do? How do they think? What are the latest concepts? And I've also seen, for example, in the Middle East, where a lot of the best practice treasury products in house banking, payment factory, Kobo Pobo, the treasurer would come to the bank, talk about in-house banking, payment factory, Pobo Kobo, and the bankers would have no clue. Mm -hmm. yeah. So... For them to understand the customer and be aware of the latest developments, for them, is very useful to have a certification as well. I think there is a, a good lesson here. Know your customer. Not to, oh. no pun intended, with the banks, of course. <laughs> know what no, your, your customer. Customers do. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Very good. Another thing you mentioned was growth. I would suspect that um, somebody who, let's say, take a treasury certification and passes mm -hmm. it and obtains it will be to validate his or her knowledge in this and be even more efficient at what he or she does. But right. when we look at the growth aspects, it will be some people could have been going for a treasury certification in order to expand their knowledge on something they might not be knowledgeable about, maybe. So uh -huh. maybe to be a bit more concrete, let's say I'm a, I'm a cash manager, right? Within a, a treasury department, but I look at financial risk management certification, for instance. Yes. Would that be also the reason why you would want to a certification to also be expanding your knowledge and then add this to your, I don't know the right quill, let's say? Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, most of the time, the people that take a treasury certifications are at the beginning of their career. Mm -hmm. Just like everybody would take their CIMA, ACCA certification between 20 and 30, because that is really to prove your knowledge and to prove you, your skill. And of course, if you are in the treasury department and you're heavily involved in cash management and you want to grow, you want to do something, you want to go to the front office, you want to do, uh, you want to do real funding and issuing bonds. If you then take a treasury certification to show, listen, I have the academic knowledge of this. So therefore I can take this next role that definitely helps as well. Yeah. Super interesting. So uh, actually you are already answering my next question. I was wondering. As of which level do you need a certification, but maybe start looking into a certification and to do oh, a little bit of an anecdote of, uh, of, of me. So obviously when you, when you enter the treasury world after a few years, it's, it's a very niche and there is a lack of talent, obviously. So you receive those uh, proposition job offers on LinkedIn and all that beautiful stuff. And when you look at job posts for the levels I am targeted for apparently, so analyst, senior analyst, assistant manager. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that many treasury certification required, but now you're saying that people are looking at certification at the beginning of their career eventually. So where is the right approach here? Do you want to pass a certification early on? Do you need it later in your career? When, uh -huh. uh, where do you position yourself? See, when you have, there's very few treasury analyst roles where they would already expect you to be AMCT qualified. Mm -hmm. you know? But very often it will say, preferably studying towards AMCT towards a treasury qualification or willing to do so. Because once you want to go to that treasury manager level, very often they will require you to have a treasury certification. So if you want to move up in your role and you start, I, I started as a treasury analyst, junior treasury analyst, I had nothing. You know? But they also said that if you want to move up, if you want to take that next step to treasury manager, senior treasury manager, we would expect you to have a treasury certification. So that we know as well that you have the, the knowledge to take on the next role. Interesting. So you want to start looking at treasury certification in your, in the early stages of your career, mm -hmm. and you will start to need it as of mid-level management and upper, I guess. Correct. Yeah. That's a bit really yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Super cool. So what are the skills and kind of knowledge somebody acquires when training for a treasury certification and earning that treasury certification? What are we looking at exactly in terms of skills? Mm-hmm. Um, in the old days, it was pure technical skills. So you learn technical cash management, risk management, financial risk management, and that was almost it. A little bit of accounting, a little bit of tax where it is applicable to treasury. Nowadays, we see that uh, treasury certifications add a lot more and they add a lot of soft skills, interpersonal skills as well, especially once you get to the more senior treasury certifications. So you learn the core technical aspects of treasury in all of them. But nowadays you see, especially with the ACT, they're, they're, they're very keen on the soft aspect, on the people management, which will add as well, that brings you even better to the career. That's cool. amazing. That's super interesting. So people are, I mean, treasury certification providers are not only focusing on the technical aspects now, but also on the soft skills. So they would expect, okay, you look at the treasury certification when you reach the manager level at both, but uh-huh. you will also need people's management skills and other yes. soft skills yes. next to it. And that's included in the treasury certification. That's that depends. Because let me let me put some 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 uh, sure. pens around that. The ones I'm talking about are the big treasury certifications, the AMCT and the and the MCT of the ACT. What they have done now as well, especially the ACT again, they have entered a lot of starting low-level treasury certifications. Certificate in Treasury Fundamentals, Award in International Credit Management, uh, Certificate in Treasury, and those are mostly pure technical. Now, it's really once you go to the next level, the AMCT, MCT, then that's when the, the, the soft skills really come in, the, the, the people management, how to be a manager. Yeah, makes sense. And even the top certification in the ACT, which is the MCT, Member of the Corporate Treasurers, they actually related to an MBA, almost. Them. Okay. So it's, that's, that's almost at MBA level. And that's why all these more soft skills come in. Management, um, how to deal with leadership, how to influence, for example, mm. you know, which, is, which is very interesting. But those are really, you cannot take that degree, that certification, even at the beginning of your career. This is really at the later stage. Obviously. So, Chris, one of our favorite exercises on the podcast is to chase and break down acronyms. And you mentioned a few. <laughs> In, oh, there's so class. many. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what treasury is about, right? It's uh, it's all about jargon, lingo, and uh, uh-huh. and acronyms. So I feel we're gonna touch upon those a little bit um, further in the episode. But uh, since you mentioned them already, can you explain what ACT? I think you quickly mentioned MCT, AMCT as well. What's what are all those? What are all okay. those? So there are uh, several treasury associations in the world that issue treasury certification. The one, one of the largest ones and the one that's the biggest in the, the one from the UK, very big in the UK and Europe is the ACT, the Association of Corporate Treasurers. The next big one is probably the, the AFP, Association for Finance Professionals in the USA. Those are probably the two leading ones. Yeah, there's another one in Australia, the Australian Corporate Treasury Association. Yeah, and there are some more scattered around as well, but those are the, the, the two, three main ones. If we go into the acronyms of the certifications, and there's a lot, the AFP, to make it easy, they only have one certification, the Association of Financial Professionals, they are known for the CTP Certificate in tr- uh, Certified Treasury Professional, CTP, very, very well known, very common. The ACT, the Association of Corporate Treasurers, has a number of qualifications, starting with the lower level entry Certificate in Treasury, which is a C- Cert E. Uh, certificate in Treasury Fundamentals, Award ICM, Award in International Cash Management, which leads up to the third ICM, Certificate in International Cash Management. And then the big one, which is the main for Treasury Managers and above, is the AMCT, which means you are an associate member of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. And once you are going to for that MBA level certification, it's the MCT, then you will become a full member of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. Wow, those are some very fancy names. Amazing. Thanks a lot for this, Chris. So obviously I want to break down uh, those one by one, know what they are uh-huh. about, but may- maybe before getting into this. Uh, so how do those treasury certification impact and affect someone's career? I think we've covered. 
are there certain regions more concerned by certifications than others? And it's super interesting because you just mentioned so the two biggest treasury associations are ACT in the UK and Europe, AFP in the USA. I need to uh, sing praise of, of Europe as well. So there is the EACT, but I think that is a bit less active on the certification aspect, but it's also a big... They don't have certifications. It's the, it's the underlying treasury association. The ACT is a member of the EACT as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. So those regions, or let's say any regions, are there certain that are more concerned by certifications? Like would a group treasurer in Australia look at treasury certifications the same way as a group treasurer uh, would look at them in the USA, for instance, when they are to hire somebody or grow their career? Mm -hmm. There are definitely regional differences. And I think going to the UK, UK is a, is, is a country that's very keen on certifications. If you look at SEMA, uh, yeah, your uh, management accountant certification is from the UK. ACCA is from the UK. So the UK acad academic environment is very much, you have your university degree, which is fairly broad and not very specialized. And after that, you do a professional qualification to specialize. So especially in the UK, certifications are part of the society. Very keen. Why is that? This is because of their academic setup. Their universities tend to be more broad, rather than much more focused and specialized. You know? Whereas if you go to Europe, university degrees, they're normally longer as well, four years uh, against the three years, and they're much more focused and specialized on a specific aspect. You know, if you do economics, you really is pure, pure, pure hardcore economics. You know? and, and therefore in Europe, it never used to be that much Professional qualifications were never really that big. They were certifications when you had needed to have one because to sign your financial accounts, you needed to be a chartered accountant. So those were always there. Yeah, but for treasury, it's a, it's more like a nice to have. No, so in but in the UK, it it's big, and we see this coming in Europe in in, in Europe now as well. Um, and of course, there's regional differences as well. Um, in the Netherlands, you have a very good course, the Registered Treasurer, the RT course, but that's really focused on Dutch treasurers. Yeah. And also more or less based on the AMCT, but it's, it's really focused on the, the Dutch market. You know, mm. If we go to the US, CTP has been around for years. It used to be called Certified Cash Manager before, about 20 years ago. And now it's a CTP. And it's really a proof that you know what you're doing. And I think especially in Treasury, Treasury is so specialized. You know, it's not something you can learn in university. You learn by experience. And the way that you can actually show off and show the recruiter, you know, as well as your boss, that you know what you're doing, that's why you take a treasury certification. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So, Chris, I think it's time. Let's, let's deep dive into those treasury certifications. So maybe uh -huh. to begin with, what are the treasury certifications out there? Then I want to touch upon how do you train for them, who delivers those, the key differences and so on. But to begin with, what is out there? So I think we mentioned CTP, uh, Certified Treasury Professional in the US, delivered by the AFP, if my understanding is correct. Yes. And then we mentioned right, several yes. delivered by the ACT. So, so well, ANCT, MCT, let's break those down. And so yes. you mentioned a few that are more local as well. The RT Correct. for Dutch markets. Uh -huh. Go on. You've already mentioned most of them. You have in the US, the certificate, the Certified Treasury Professional, the CTP, yeah, mainly for the US. Uh, in the Netherlands, you have the Registered Treasurer, the RT, Registered Treasurer, which is actually not issued by a professional association, but by a university the Free University of Amsterdam. And in, the, in Australia, they've recently started the Certificate in Corporate Treasury, the CCTA as well, which is very interesting for that market because it's um, so far away. It's very good to have their own um, certificate there as well. And those are the certification, uh, certifications that are more uh, one-off you know, of their professional uh, association. When we go to the ACT, they actually have a whole breadth of treasury certifications from limited ones, small ones, starter certifications all the way to the way up. So as we said, they have their award in cash management, they have their certificate in international cash management, their certificate in treasury fundamentals, 
the certificate in treasury, and then the AMCT, which is officially called Diploma in Treasury Management, and the MCT, which is the Advanced Diploma in Treasury Management. Okay. And this is so, when you become a big, big boss. This is the MCT is when you are a group treasurer or already or very close to being a group treasurer. But there are more. There are very more regional ones and smaller ones as well. There is a, 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 a QT, a qualified treasurer in the Netherlands as well. Here and there, there are some small ones as well. But if we look globally and the ones that are really stand out that you want in your CV, those are probably the ones to have. Super interesting. Do, let's say I have an MCT. So in the UK, I will be, I will be the, the God walking among the humans uh, of treasury. Mm -hmm. Does that hold the same value in the US? It depends on the treasurer and the recruitment department of the company, uh, company in the U.S., whether they actually know of the ACT and the MCT. The interesting thing is when, when you look at job adverts for senior treasury manager, director treasury, group treasurer in the U.S., their requirement is usually what academic background do you need to have. It usually says MBA or CTP. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It doesn't mention it. It doesn't mention any of the European or overseas qualifications. Very American, of course. Definitely. And but the interesting thing is, and this is what people want that listen uh, to this podcast in the U.S. You want to become a senior member in Treasury in the U.S. and it says MBA or CTP, and MBA is a hundred thousand dollars plus, or a good one. Yeah, a CTP is less than two thousand dollars. That's so for the, uh, for for investments, uh, the choice is easy for me. So uh, let me get this straight: a recruiter or a group treasurer, when they will be looking at their next treasury professional to add to their team, they will value a CTP almost as much as an MBA. But when they, will I be don't think it's the, I don't think it's they value it. I don't think it's the same. I think an MBA is is much it's, more, and and that's exactly it. An MBA is much more. An MBA shows what kind of business acumen, strategic thinking, commercial thinking you have throughout your organization. Yeah. Which means you can probably take on treasury if you have some treasury experience. A CTP really shows that you know your treasury. Super interesting. Okay. Yeah. So maybe moving on, before moving on to the next question, I think we, we didn't mention... One more point on that, but it's really interesting. Sorry, just came to my mind. I've seen, and I've had this because I worked for US corporate in Europe, when U.S. corporates are recruiting in Europe, uh, they want to set up a treasury hub in London or the whole of Europe, and it's a U.S. corporate, they often advertise it CTP preferred, even though the role is in Europe. Interesting. So if you work in Europe and you want to work for American companies or North American companies, CTP might be very nice to have. Interesting. And when you think, the, when you think about the fact that treasury is very big in the U.S. and mm -hmm. U.S. companies because of the amount of cash there is there and the, the different intricacies. Yeah. Uh -huh. CTP could be a very interesting one, even if you're based in Europe. Right. Super interesting. I think we didn't touch upon financial risk management. I believe there is a certification in there, Chris. Or there is, sorry. Yes, yes. It's, it is financial risk management, so the FRM certification, mm -hmm. you know, which is very specialized. Is this very useful in treasury? Yes, it definitely would be but only for a certain amount of people. It's very, very technical. It's very mathematical. And this would only be good for most, even in most corporates, it's nice to have. And if that's what you like, yeah, and that's what you want to do, it's good, but it's very technical. And this probably makes sense if you work for a billion dollar company, a GE, a, a, a Shell, and you are on the trading desk and you really do risk management, yeah, then it might definitely be worth it. On that second note, that, that there's another certification we call the BPRM, Bank Treasury Risk Management, which is really for people working in financial services, uh, asset liability risk, uh, market risk, uh, you know, which for some people in corporate treasury, it might actually make sense to take that if that's what mm -hmm. your work is, or maybe that's just what you like to do. Love it. So either, I mean, obviously the fundamental reason should always be you like it and you want to specialize in it. But uh, my, my consulting senses are articulate as well. It could be super interesting to have a, a qualification in FRM because then you are extremely valuable for all things financial risk management. And you can bring in that expertise. Yeah. 
because I know a lot of consultants in treasury after a few years also take mm-hmm. treasury applications to, you know, be, be of higher value right. for the preparation of the clients. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. That's for the nice part. Let, let's get into the nitty gritty. How do you actually train and obtain those certifications? What, what does it take? Most of these certifications are now virtual. I think all of them now, thanks to COVID as well. <laughs> so most of it, it is self-study. So you go to the website of the professional organization, you register, you pay your fees. They will send you the PDF uh, syllabus or uh, with, with the CTP, you can actually go to Amazon and buy the book. You can even buy that without doing CTP. You can just buy the book. It's very simple. And it's a self-study, more or less. Yeah, lovely. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's very nice. But the professional associations are assisting you as well. With the CTP, you can buy an additional learning module mm-hmm. to get access to the learning module of the AFP that helps you in your study with practice questions, case studies help you, you know, and so forth. CTP the same way, they have their, their learning platform uh, where you can ask questions to a tutor. You can have one-to-ones with a tutor. Yeah, there might be webinars, there might be sessions as well mm-hmm. with other students, but mostly it is a self-study. Now, that especially is for the ACT. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the ACT uh, offers in-house courses. So if you have a corporate or you're a bank and you want to train 20 people, uh, 15 people, but most corporates don't have that many people that want to do the same qualification at the same way. But for example, banks, a lot of transaction banks do actually do in-house courses from the ACT. The AFP have a different model. They actually allow third-party training institutions to train for the CTP certification. Interesting. So you might, so you might find wherever you are, whichever country you're in, that there is a training institute that actually delivers CTP training and qualification. I want to have a separate uh, part of this episode for the whole cost, but now that we are touching upon it, when you pay your treasury certification to the treasury association, ACT, Mm -hmm. AFP, uh, whichever you choose, you do not only pay for the actual stamp on your CV, but you pay for the training materials that you yet have to take alone and study alone. Yes. Well, it's, you pay for the training first. Okay. to get the book and then once you pass you have normally have to pay again and of course you have to pass the exam you know there's always an exam most exams now are virtual you either have to go to a testing center or you do it um, from home with your webcam on and they have this ai uh, in the background to see that you're not cheating but uh, yes yeah but you pay normally to take the exam you get the course materials uh, and if you want to um, uh, pay some extra for training or it might be included as well. Okay. Well, let's not spoil the pleasure and let's not say how much uh, it costs yet, but definitely further down this episode, I want to touch upon this. The programs out there basically will be, you pay for your book, very expensive book, <laughs> you study yourself and then you take the exam. For the AFP, you have those kind of agreements with other training institutions that can help you study for it. Okay. What are the key differences between those different certifications because at the end of the day a US-based company will value more a CTP a UK or Europe-based will probably value more um, certification from the ACT so what are the key differences and similarities when we actually look at the contents of what is delivered in those mm-hmm. certifications although that the core it's probably the same Cash management, risk management, financial risk management, uh, you know, uh, funding, debt equity markets, and so forth. They are all tailored to their own markets. Yeah, very much. So the ACT used to be extremely British. Recently, they have now tried to make it more international because the ACT wants to also expand, gets more students from, from, from overseas as well. So it's less British than it used to be. And they get now quite a few uh, students from international as well. But still, very British and European because they focus a lot on the Eurozone and everything. The CTP, it's very specific on the US, yeah? And you, therefore, you get a lot more understanding of the specific differences within the US cash management landscape. For those that know, issues like lockboxes, uh, positive pay, reverse positive pay, 
Uh, and you learn how the Fed works with all the little Feds in all the states. How does mon monetary policy work there? So it's very much US focused. Once again, they now have expanded it to a larger section on, there's also something outside the US called International Treasury, but very much US focused, which again, if you work for a US, com US company in Europe, but you have to deal a lot with your US counterparties to learn about that, was very good. I remember I was working in Europe and I was moved by my company to the US. Yeah? And I suddenly had all these words about lockbox, positive pay, reverse positive pay, check 101, HCH fraud, and... Yeah, no clue. But then I took CTP and it actually helped me a lot to understand. Yeah, also they're thinking about international trade. Yeah, so it's, it can help. As we said, the ACT is getting much more international, but in essence, it's still British. Mm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we have, so what I'm, what I'm a bit wondering about is all countries, obviously, and regions have their regulations own. Uh -huh tax constraints, legal constraints, and so on and yes. so forth. In what you say, I hear that the U.S. type of certifications of the CTP will take that a little bit more into account, which makes sense because the USA is also such a gigantic market. Right. Do the treasury certification take that into account? I mean, obviously we are not tax people, nor uh -huh. lawyers or legal people, but do they include this in the training? Like giving a bit of a flavor of, okay, if you put a cash pool in place, an international one, you might have lending agreement and transfer pricing restrictions. This is a big part of treasury. Treasury and tax yeah. and regulations are so much intertwined and you can't do anything in treasury without any regulatory or tax influence. So uh, all treasury certifications take this into account, especially when they talk about international treasury. Now, the moment you start touching on international treasury and whether it's the CERT ICM, Certificate International Cash Management, or the AMCT, that's large sections on the latest tax developments, transfer pricing, regulatory and developments as well, as well as latest technology developments. And this is the chapter that gets updated every two to three years. Yeah? Especially now with fintech, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So once again, you anticipate my questions. That's amazing. So how do those treasury certifications keep up to date with the latest trends, latest innovations. I mean, mm -hmm. you see in the treasury department, at least a, a major, half major one, they will have a TMS in place. They will have automations in place. They will have systems that help them mm -hmm. perform their daily task, which might require them a little bit less knowledge on the actual nitty gritty and more, uh -huh. I don't know, project management skills, for instance, or as you mentioned earlier, people skills. But so how do those treasury certification take all this mm -hmm. into account? Yeah. So they... When they republish a new version of the treasury certification, that syllabus probably stays out for about three to four years because it takes too long to update it. CERT ICM was recently updated in 2021 yeah, to make it with all the latest, what is fintech, how does fintech work, blockchain, crypto, how does blockchain work in treasury. All that is now incorporated, but the world goes so fast. And therefore, once you are... A student member of the of the association, you get access to all their publications on their on their websites. They will have webinars. There will be almost like site updates as well to keep you up to date with the latest developments. And I think that's one of the other benefit part that I haven't thought about, but actually could be a good one. Very often, you only get access to the full website of the Treasury Association once you are a member, once you are certified. Interesting. And once you are certified, you can get their research reports, their market updates, latest um, updates on technology developments, crypto, and, and, and so forth. Wow. So any other certifications, as soon as you pay for the training and you validate your exam, you pass your exam, uh -huh. you, you have access for life to the latest publications and uh, different. Hold on. Hold on. It is for <laughs> life as long as you pay every year. Yes. Oh, there is another fee. Okay. That's the, yes. And this is also the good thing about this certification, different from your university degree. University degree is once for life. For professional qualifications, you need to certify every year, or in the CTP every four years, I believe, that you have taken enough training. Yeah. Uh, you have to have, you have scored enough points so that you can maintain your qualification. Okay, how much how much of a default is that? Because if you need to refresh and retake exams every year, that's that's quite heavy, right? But it, 
but it's not an exam. You need to, for example, CTP, you need 36 points every four years. Um, and every one hour of training or study is one point, I think. But if you go to a conference, you go to Eurofinance, you go to the ACT annual conference, you go to the ASP annual conference, that's three days. That's already 15 points out of your 36. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And, then you can, and for the ACT, AFP, you can get points by being a member of another association. You can get points for working in treasury uh, and so forth. Um, you, can, you can get points by getting going through training. They often have webinars that are CTP, CPD certified. So you listen to a webinar, you get confirmation, you attended the one-hour webinar, and that's then again another point. So it's not like you have to study again, but they want to make sure that people that have their professional qualifications are up-to-date yeah, uh, and, and not outdated. That's very smart and also a very good business model. <laughs> yeah. Today, out of curiosity, Chris, do you know if podcasts, listening to podcasts could help you get CPD points? Or If you contact the ACT or you contact the AFP and you get your podcast certified for CPD points, mm -hmm. then they might get one point for every podcast that you listen to, as long as wow. it's at least 45 minutes or 50 minutes. Yeah, we are talking. Okay, let's make sure we talk for still another half an hour, Chris. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, well, that's very interesting. Okay, good to know. So how do this, um, because the, I wanted to touch upon this as well. So you get, you get kind of credits for every treasury knowledge actions you take throughout your, throughout your career, throughout your year. So attending to a webinar, attending to a conference, participating into maybe panel discussions, all this kind of stuff. Uh -huh. What is, what is out there? What can we do to make sure we, once we graduate from that and we obtain that certification, uh -huh. we keep it. It's uh, staying, um, staying up to date. So listening to webinars, uh, going to conferences, uh, following treasury training, yeah, and very often internal in-house trainings are also certified. In my work, everybody in whole finance, we had a huge one-day session on working capital in our company because it's treasury related and you can prove that you did it because you probably got an invitation from HR department, then you can prove and you can use that. Yeah, and, and staying up to date. So doing some quizzes. Yeah, sometimes there's a quiz, and when you pass the quiz, ten questions, multiple choice, you get another one point. It's all these little things. Okay. Yeah, that's um. And usually you you do more than you actually think you do. Once you yeah. think about all the all, all the things that you can do. And that's so that's for the CTP. Does the ACT work the same way, or the ACT works the same way, but it's self certification. You don't need to register everything online. You just need to click a button and say, yes, yes, I, I have done all the things I need to do, but they do an audit and they pick uh, a couple of people every year to check that you actually did it. Uh, now I'm reassured. Okay. <laughs> Makes lots of sense. Yeah. Maybe to, to finish on, on this one, Chris, and before moving on to, because I really want to touch upon the, the cost parts, because there <laughs> seems to be very interesting things to talk about. What's. What kind of commitments does each treasury certification require exactly? And I'm thinking time, study, examinations, you need to go in an exam center. What are you getting into when you say, okay, I want to study for a, tre uh, for a treasury certification and pass the exam? It depends on the type of certification, of course. Once we go for the basic one of the ACT, for example, this, this normally can be done within three months. If your knowledge is quite good, it's normally three to six months. I know people that have done it in one month. I know people who've done it in six, but the basic ones are probably around that, three to six. Yeah. Uh, if you look at bigger ones, um, it's, it's a bit more. Yeah. Um, if we look at the CTP, for example, the CTP, according to the, C to the AFP themselves, it takes about six to 12 months. And I think that's a fair one for, for the CTP. Yeah. Because that's the one most people will be interested in uh, for the AMCT, which is a lot bigger, a lot more topics, a lot more units. This is about um, a year and a year and a half, 12 to 18 months for the AMCT. Wow. Okay. And so when you say one to three months, six to 12 months, one year and a mm -hmm. half, this is assuming what, like one hour of study a day, 10 hours of study a week. What, what kind of time commitment are we looking into? It depends. Um, see, the reason why it's 12 to 18, it really depends on how much you can put in. Yeah? And you can put it longer. For, for some of them, there's no timeline. 
for the CTP, you have two years to do your exam after you pay. You know? So you have two years okay. to do it, really. It really depends on how much time can you put in. But if you do CTP, if you do AMCT, these are big ones, especially the AMCT. It's a, a four separate units. It, it will take at least a Saturday a week. Let's put it that way. Mm. And uh, the exam it's a real commitment. It's a real yeah. commitment. Let's focus on the two big ones. I think that's the most important one. Yeah. The CTP, you go to a, a exam center in your city close to you. It's a number of multiple choice questions. So it's one exam, 210 minutes, yeah, 170 multiple choice questions. That goes fast. Yeah. One exam, 210 minutes. So how many hours is that? Three, four hours? Yeah, two hours. A bit more. Three hours in the house. And yeah, 170 multiple choice questions. So barely more than a minute per question. More or less. Yes. Yes. And some of the questions you, you will do in 10 seconds. Some questions might take you three minutes because you need to do a calculation. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Very cool. For the AMCT. Yeah. If we want to, if, if we want to go there, the AMCT is, I'm, sorry, I'm just getting my details up here so I can give them the exact information. I love when it's live like this. That's perfect. <laughs> this, um, the exams are now taken from your home. Yeah, it's very good. You can do it behind your own laptop, your own computer. You need to have your webcam on. You need to have your mic on um, and have some AI. Everything's AI these days, right? There's some <laughs> AI in the background, a robot checking what you do to make sure that you don't have a book laying on your lap or you're not uh, texting with somebody for answers and they will know whether there's any odd things happening in the background. Um, um, to, yes. Um, and basically... The AMCT is um, a four to five units, and every unit has an exam. Yeah, so it's not like you take one exam and you pass. That's really you need you need to take the four exams, and there's one exam per unit, and then there is a one exam per unit. Every unit has uh, one hundred eighty minutes of so three hours. Okay. Right, and there's also a pre-seen case study. So the ACT actually gives you a case study before the exam that okay. you can analyze. Yeah. And then the questions come in the exam. Very nice. That's really cool. That's it's very cool, but it's a very difficult case study. Yes. It's very good. <laughs> and then in the exam itself, there will be another two small case studies, scenario-based questions in the exam as well. Very helpful. And so this one, sorry, the total length of the MCT one is how, how long? Or exams of 180 minutes. Okay. Amazing. Yes. Chris, I think it's time. Let's get into the cost part of it. I'm super curious. So, like, to, to ask the blunt question, what's the typical costs of a treasury certification? How much do you pay? Okay. There's a wide range of pricing as well, depending on where you want to, which, which certification you want to do. If we look at the uh, certified treasury professional, yeah. yeah, the certified treasury professional is roughly one thousand seven hundred dollars U.S. dollars to to get the book and all the learning materials. If you want to have the learning program, the learning platform as well, it's another nine hundred and sixty. So if we add it all up, it's about what is this um, two thousand six hundred dollars plus your annual membership. Which is, if I'm not wrong, then they're normally about $400, $500 per year. Okay. Now, if we go to the CPP, if we go to the, if you want to start in, in Treasury and you want to do a certificate in Treasury Fundamentals, uh, this is uh, $1,200. A yeah. little bit less than the CPP. Certificate in Treasury, which is a very technical one, which is probably the next one you want to do, uh, is around... $4,100 already. So we're slowly going up. If we're looking about AMCT, we're looking at $4,700 to do the Amazing. AMCT certification. Now, that sounds a lot, and it is a lot, but we'll talk about, I think, later about uh, what kind of, how, how will you pay for this. Exactly. Remember, um, the poor people in the Netherlands that study at the uh, Vrije Universiteit in Amsterdam, 
in the free university who get their registered treasurer qualification, they have to pay $22,500 for an RT certification. Wait, so when you mean, when you say Vrai Universiteit, my very little Dutch knowledge tells me that it's free university. Doesn't free, this is not free at all. The people are free. The people are free. (laughs) That's it. It's the freedom of Amsterdam. Yeah. And that's, but, but, but as you know, freedom has a cost. That's very, very true. But that's a certification at the double that will only really be recognized in the Netherlands or with. Would you be able to live? Yes, it could be recognized anywhere, really. It's just the knowledge uh, and the how widespread people are aware of the registered treasury certification. Uh, I'm sure it could be people in Germany and, and, and Belgium know about it as well, potentially. But that's it. Yeah. Wow. And so those are the training, um, sorry, the price for the treasury certification, the training material. If you uh, want, for instance, to look at a training institution in the U.S. to help you study for your CTP, uh-huh. it, uh, I guess there is, they, there is there will be training, right? There will be an additional cost. So you have to anyway pay the AFP. So yeah. that's already included. That, that will always be. And then, of course, you need to pay the trainer as well. You know? so. uh, and a third option is to study for yourself, but find a treasury professional, a treasury trainer, that can be your coach during your training journey to really have weekly, monthly calls uh, and uh, you'll be able to to ask questions to somebody to really help you through the material, to make it more come to life, you know, to give you more real life examples and to make it less dry in a way. So that's the third one. And that can be anyone. It could be a treasury trainer that is out there. It could be somebody in treasury that you know. It could be your boss. It could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I've also seen... Sometimes when people take a treasury certification, there will be two or two people in the company who do it at the same time. So you can set up a little, a little uh, study group, cool. which is much better than the studying on your own. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good idea, actually. And so on top of this, once you have it, you have the cost of the yearly membership to the association. Yes. Okay. Correct. Yes. That's, so I think for the AFP, it's about $400 a year. Mm-hmm. For the ACT, what would it be? It's almost the same. It's almost it's around two between three hundred and four hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, and so also depends on the level of your certification. The higher you go, the higher the price. Man, that's definitely a good business model. We don't want to make any enemies here. It's just I'm just <laughs> very just very curious and interested. And would being a member of another treasury association, say the EACT or any of the country treasury association. And so the National Treasury Association, uh-huh. would that help you decrease the cost or like say, hey, I don't need to pay for the ACT because I'm a member of the, say something, ATEB, which is the one in Belgium? They don't have a double tax agreement in Treasury Association. <laughs> so no, it doesn't work that way. That would no. be very Treasury. I would uh, be very less. Yes. Yeah. Very fair. Okay, Chris, what are your what are your tips and tricks and advice for managing these costs or finding funding support uh-huh. from the pocket of one person when you start your career? I mean, if you look at the treasury certification that is a bit advanced, let's say two thousand two thousand five hundred dollars, that's an investment. It's a lot. So it's a lot. Uh-huh. What are the options out there? How it, how is it usually paid? Uh-huh. The easiest way and the best way would be to just talk to your manager most good companies good managers want you to get certified and they want people in their team to be certified and they will be delighted to sponsor you yeah okay they might say we think this is a little bit too advanced you're too early in your career or we do it later maybe next year we do it in your performance plan yeah and good companies will always pay for you interesting yeah because they want their team to develop and if you're key, if you're, if your boss, if your company is keen on developing their team, they will be very keen to sponsor you. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think it's, it's not a difficult conversation. If you will go to your boss and says, I want to grow, I want to develop myself. I want to learn. I want to expand my knowledge and your manager should say, fantastic. I support you hundred percent in this. What do you want to do? And so forth. He might say. Yes, I know you want to do CTP, but you know, we are all, we have an all different qualification. We want you to do this one. They might have a preference, 
you know, for example, but they ha have that conversation, you know, and then we say, why don't you start with the basic ones and we work our way up. So talk to your boss. It's the best one. That's, that's one. But I know there are companies out there, uh, especially outside Europe and North America, that will refuse to pay for professional development and people will have to pay for themselves. Well, it's, it's a shame, but that's how it is. But there are grants available. I know the ACT has certain grants as well for people from emerging markets to get a, a discounted fee. You know? uh, so there are programs available. So talk to, your, talk to your manager first. If they don't want to pay for it, then talk to the association. And say, listen, I really want to take this. I have to pay for it myself. Yeah, and they're, they, because the, the associations are not stupid. Yeah. They know that corporates normally pay for this, so the price can be a bit high. Mm. Yeah. So talk to them, and there are grants available for people who have to pay for themselves. Interesting. So I know that, but I'm going to speak for myself. I know that in consulting, usually your overall package comes with a yearly budget for training and uh -huh. certification. And I would suspect in some, if not most of the corporates, you would have kind of the same agreement saying, this is the budget we can allocate per person for the development yearly in terms of training. And I know it's the case in France, um, but you also contribute to a yearly training budget, but like at the state level, it's not at the company level, but it's like- Correct. You, you have the same in Holland now. Yes, everybody yeah. can spend- or could spend a thousand euros a exactly. year on personal development, personal training, for example. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So that could definitely help fund, well, right? even partially uh, this kind yes. of training. One thing you have to think about strategically, though, if you want to take a treasury certification because you want to leave the company and escape and go to another company, <laughs> when a company sponsors you, you normally have to sign an agreement. You have to stay for two, three years. Indeed. And if oh, you fail it, then, then you have potentially to pay for the course yourself because that's also... Or the re-exam. Very often they will, they, will, they will pay for the initial. They might pay for one re-exam, but any following re-exams you might have. It depends on the company. There's so many yeah, makes sense. variations available. Well, that makes sense as well, right? It's a, it's a heavy investment. So mm -hmm. that makes sense that yeah. then you ask something from your And the good thing as well, if your company pays and it's a good company, you will get uh, study days off. So you don't have to take holidays oh, really? to the exam. You don't have to take holidays to to study. Yeah, you can actually get allocated like five study days that you can just take off. Once again, depends on the company. No, it makes a lot of sense. Are there alternatives though, Chris? Like back to what you said at the very beginning of this episode, the treasury certification is about developing and acquiring knowledge, but uh -huh. also showcasing it. Being able to say, hey, here is my stamp or my little title on LinkedIn. I have mm -hmm. certifications. Are there any alternatives, like either in order to obtain similar skills or knowledge? So if it's not having it stamped, at least acquiring it and mm -hmm. then for it to be recognized. And it's a complete curious and cunning question because I don't know if there is such a thing, but does it exist? From a certification point, no. The nice thing about certifications is you get a couple of letters behind your name on your <laughs> business card and on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah? And, and, and those you cannot get anywhere else. So nothing beats experience. Yeah, so working in treasury. You might do a treasury certification because you now work in accounting or accounts payable and you want to move into treasury. Yeah, then a certification might definitely make sense. But if you have a lot of experience, then that experience is very valuable, of course. But sometimes you want to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, there's so many people applying for jobs. You having that CTP, you having that AMCT really makes a difference. But if you don't have that, uh, other things that can stand out, there's a lot of treasury awards at the moment. Yeah, the ACT Treasury Awards, AFP Pinnacle Awards, Adam Smith Treasury Awards. There are so many. You know? the, so if you have a project in your team that's a really good project that you really did a turnaround or you implemented the system or you implemented global cash pooling or working capital optimization or uh, your company did something awesome that you're very proud about, um, uh, shout it out and recommend your yourself. It's a little bit self Look at glorification. Me. Look at me, but it does help. And if you have this, you know, award, it, it, it looks nice on your CV. It looks nice on your LinkedIn. You get some posts online as well, so that will help. But it's a one-time exercise. And after ten years, how valid is that award you won in two thousand seven? How much is that still? Whether this certification 
as long as you pay, as long as you do the professional uh, certification every year, it's there. Yeah. Yeah? And your knowledge will stay up to date. Very cool. And so that, that all makes lots of sense. Um, you cannot really replace what the certification brings. But in terms of courses, so you said nothing replaces experience. Could that be a thing? Like, could, that, could you be saying, look, I don't have any certification, but I've been working in treasury for 20 years. Then specializing in whatever, that could definitely... Of course, it's very valuable. It's, it's extremely valuable. But we live in an AI world. In, yeah, and a lot of recruitment is done by AI. And if the hiring manager, and if you are a treasury, a treasurer, director of treasury, you want to hire a new treasury analyst, junior treasury manager, you will put in your requirements, professional qualification, desired or preferred, and you put in CTP, AMCT, your robots will immediately throw out everybody that doesn't have either of those two. No way. Yeah? The sad way of uh, living in an AI world. Right. Indeed, there are some pros, but definitely some cons. But if you don't want to do a certification, there's loads of other trainings around. Even the ACT, they do other training programs as well for two, three days. You have Euro finance trainings programs out there. There's a lot. There's a lot of treasury trainers and consultants like myself that do a lot of treasury trainings as well. That's, yeah. Perfect. Okay, so that's an interesting one. So what are the treasury courses and trainings out there that are not certifying but that could definitely help someone with gain technical knowledge and potentially say, mm -hmm. okay, not a certifying training that I followed, but I've been to the, to mention one of the, the one you, you referred to. I've been to the Eurofinance three days training, specializing mm -hmm. this. Will that be recognized somehow? And is it, can you do, would you recommend people to follow those courses eventually? You can. I mean, it, you can put it on your CV, but they're not certified. And mm -hmm. I think the big thing is getting a three number, three letters behind your name. Yeah. yeah, I think that really sets it apart. These courses are very good. Yeah. Um, but then again, if you go to a three-day course on any treasury subject from any treasury trainer, this could be up to $2,000 for those three-day training. Yeah. That's true. And you just do a three-day <laughs> training. I mean, I remember I went to a training course of Swift, delivered by Swift to learn how Swift and Swift uh, MT940s work uh, back okay. in the day. When I was a treasury analyst, very useful, yeah, because that's what I needed at that stage, yeah. And I, so it can, it, but, it all depends. What is the but, Chris? <laughs> it's just a one-off course, yeah, and that's it. There's no certification, and yeah, yeah. And are companies willing to pay for those? Then is it the same, bit the same scheme as for certifications? Could you say, hey, yes, yeah, yes, they will because they have this training budget. Okay. Most companies. Yeah, most treasury departments have a training budget and they can decide whether they give it on a certification or a separate training course. Yeah. Okay, very fair. So if self-study is available, because at the end of the day, even with a treasury certification, you will, you will receive all those materials and training materials mm -hmm. and you will have to study yourself if you do choose to go the way of having a, a tutor or a coach. Oh. You just study yes. yourself. If that's an option, and we are not looking at the treasury certifications anymore. What are the resources out there that you could recommend that help people develop their treasury knowledge? Like what is out there already on the market for several years yeah. helping that? Well, they of course have to listen to the corporate treasury one on one. Yes, yes, Chris. Okay, this is this is an end. Close. Thank you very much. <laughs> but there's there's so much out there now. There's a lot of uh, information from the treas professional treasury bodies. They do a lot of research and they do a lot of work on what's happening in the industry. The going to conferences is very good. If you don't go to the conference, read the write-ups of the conference or the slides, what, what other companies are doing. And there's a lot of treasury websites that do. Uh, you, you have Treasury Excel in, in, in the Netherlands. You have uh, TMI, you know, all these treasury websites that, that will provide you with loads of information. And so those treasury associations, they also give you access to their websites. They give you access to the website. You get a magazine from them usually. Yeah. If you, so if you pay the yearly fee, but there are other websites out there that you can eventually go to. You mentioned some of them, TMI, Treasury Excel, I think Euro, mm -hmm. there, there are plenty of them. There are plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even your bank. Okay. Uh, talk, to the, talk, talk, talk to the cash management department. Uh, I'm sorry, the transaction banking department of your, of your bank. 
Yeah, yeah. they have a lot of reports, products, uh, brochures, yeah, on how virtual accounts works in their bank. They will have a lot of material, and and you know the bank wants to sell. Okay. So if you talk to your bank and you say, "Hey, I want to learn about virtual accounts," they will be very happy to send you everything they have about virtual accounts. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's a nice tip. That's a nice tip. Yeah. So we we are getting close to to the end, Chris, but. If there was, if there was one treasury certification that you would recommend, which one would it be? What, what do you recommend to our audience? That's a very difficult. Of course. <laughs> because it all depends on the circumstances of the individual. Where are they based? Yeah. Is it in the US? Is it outside the US? In Europe, UK? What level of their career are they? Yeah. It has a lot of different things. Do you want to be a corporate treasurer or do you want to do something more white yeah like frm we mentioned yeah yeah maybe maybe a certificate in fintech which we haven't even talked about yet there's a lot yes. of certificates you can take about blockchain and whatever it's very nice to have even though they're outside treasury but much more important so it all depends on the personal circumstances but if you push me and i see you are pushing me <laughs> i would if you're living in north america yeah. Yeah. It's a CTP. It's the first. Yeah. After that, you can do anything else. If you are in the UK or Europe, you should aim, aim towards AMCT of the ACT. You know, if that's too far out, then get some of the smaller ones from the ACT as well. And the smaller ones from the ACT as well is also good to test the waters. How good am I in studying on my own? How do I like it? Yeah. And if we ace those, Earlier certifications, you can easily move on. Yeah. yeah. But um, at least you have something. So that would be my recommendation. Awesome. And uh, I, I was suspecting that the, the answer would be difficult. Let's, let's talk a little bit further about you, Chris. So you mentioned that you were giving uh, courses and training. So what, what do you do exactly in the, in the space of treasury trainings? I'm the former global lead, tra lead trainer for the CERT ICM for the ACT. So I've trained a lot of students, a lot of corporates on that and transaction bankers as well. And I also assist students that want to attain a treasury certification in helping them, coaching them towards the whole process. Okay. Yeah. I'm very happy with this podcast because when you are, and I get a lot this, uh, this question a lot, where do I start with treasury certification? Where do I go? There's so many out there. What do I do? What's the difference? And in order to help the treasury community with that, there's now a website called treasurycertification.com, which lists all, if not almost all, uh, treasury certifications globally so that prospective students can uh, look at them, uh, analyze them much better, look at the cost and see which one would be best for them. Perfect. We'll put the link in the description. Thank you. Great certification. Cool. Chris, we have a closing question before talking about links and anything you'd like to add. But mm -hmm. So we've recently launched an AI Treasury Insight newsletter where we give updates on how AI is impacting already and will impact Treasury. And mm -hmm. to link back to our topic, how is AI going to impact the world of Treasury certifications and training? And it's interesting because you already touched upon it several times in this episode with the AI robots checking if your room is free of any cheating device. But yes. if we look at the big picture and on top of this, how is AI impacting, if already, or going to impact this world we've just touched upon? If we talk about learning and certification, chat GTP is fantastic because you can ask it anything and it, and it will right. give you an answer. So if there is a question, and even if you're sitting in your office and your boss is talking about Pobo, you have no clue what Pobo is, you can just add chat, chat GTP and will give you a very detailed answer. So I think that's that's the way. You don't have to type it into Google and you get 65 links and you have to click on five links before you get a good answer. I think that's the real problem for learning. Chat GDP is fantastic. Assuming, of course, that it picks the right answer because uh, it's still, that's, it's that's still it could still give you the wrong answer if the wrong answer is somewhere on the web. But I think that's, that's the easiest way because even if you're learning, if you go to a syllabus and you don't understand a certain concept, yeah, and it's explained in the syllabus, and you still don't get it. You could actually go on to ChatGTP or you know, and just can you explain to me what it is in simple terms? Yeah, and it will tell it to you in simple terms. So I think that's that that that's really how it's going to, going to influence. That's very cool, and it could and go it that is. far 
that in the future you will have basically a conversation with a AI generated robot and you can ask questions, you have a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned this one. So one of the, the recent case study was how you can have a, a bot AI powered that okay. helps you with all things treasury information, obviously, but also when it comes to your treasury policy. So you can basically ask it, okay, what's our policy when it comes to FX hedging? Uh, what yeah. kind of percentage, depending on the risk exposure, should we take? And it just feeds you with the information. You don't have to read this 80 to 150 uh, long exactly. page documents. It could be even worse. You can go to chats, the very best for the consultants, and say, um, can you write me a FX hedging um, a policy whereby we had 40-60% of all our exposure over 60 years, 60, 60 months, and they will write you a policy. That's, um, that's yeah. true. It's more to be proof-based than old checks or consultants might still be needed. So in some cases, I have. Well, those are still needed. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. But, but you know, yeah, that's, 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 that's could be. That's yeah. a very good one. Chris, thank you so much for this amazing episode. Um, it, it was great. Is there anything else you'd like to add to what we've discussed? Treasury certifications, alternative way of training yourself, exposure, AI, uh, the different things you do. Anything else you'd like to add? I think the most important message is if you are even slightly thinking about treasury certification, talk to your manager immediately before your next performance review. And just tell yeah. them, I want to do, and, and most managers will actually support you, will be very happy that you want to do this. It is an investment. It takes time. But if you play it right, and if you start early, yeah, many people delay it until too late. So when you, in the beginning of your career, don't delay. You're still in that study mode from university. Yeah, you left university two, three years ago. Uh, just go for it. Just do it, and your company will support you, and it will stay with you for the rest of your life. So it's very useful. And you learn a lot of new things, a lot of new concepts and how, how treasury works around the world. You learn a lot of things that you don't use currently in your job. So you can actually understand the guy sitting next to you or girl sitting next to you much better. You can have better conversations, which makes you all seem much smarter. So just, <laughs> just go for it. That's it. And you can have those three letters next to your business card and your LinkedIn profile. So if not for the exactly. old days, at least. Uh -huh. At least for that. Yes, definitely. Words to live by. Um, Chris, thank you so much. If people uh, want to know more about you or Kuvagadi, where should they go? Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn with me on LinkedIn, of course. Go to my website, www.kukavadi.com. Link in the comments. Anything on Treasury Certifications, you can go to treasurycertification.com. Amazing. Everything will be in the description. Chris, thank you so much. Fantastic. All right. Thank you.